Yeah. Would you consider yourself to be a Christian music artist now? I'm just a Christian everything. Uh-huh. Everything. Yep. We're talking about Kanye. It's all clickbait nowadays. Yeah. Baptist Church has voted to accept the LGBT community, putting them actually at odds now with many in their denomination. Churches are a cornerstone of American life. Do you know what the internet desperately needs? It's more clickbait. clickbait. I'm Chris Prince, and this is Clickbait Church, a podcast about culture, how the church fits into it, and what we can learn from each other. Listen up. You won't believe your ears. Well, hey there. Welcome back to the podcast. You know, the internet blew up last Friday and uh, Kanye West, a multi-platinum Grammy Award winning, incredibly vocal and controversial rapper and fashion designer, dropped an 11 song album called Jesus is King. And in the words of Kanye, what have you been hearing from the Christians? Well, they'll be the first ones to judge me. Let's jump into Christian Kanye. So I want to talk about what Christian Kanye is, right? I want to break down some of the theology of this album, and I want to talk about how we should respond. Now, some of you may not actually know uh, what got us to this point. It's actually pretty interesting. Now, this episode's being recorded in October 2019, but in January of 2019 was the very first Sunday service held out in L.A., Sunday service was started by Kanye as a way to be able to share in his art and in his music, uh, and he didn't really know exactly what it was at the beginning. In fact, in a Netflix special for Dave Letterman, we see uh, pre-Christian Kanye talking about the idea of Sunday service before it had any religious connections. He talks about the events from an artist's perspective, not from any religious perspective. Uh, he talks about uh, the colors that he used and the music that he decided to use. He didn't use the 808 beats and the, the different clicks. Instead, he was actually using live drums. Uh, he spent some time in Africa learning about their cultures and the ways that they use certain types of drums and instruments and decided to take that back and wanted to just really almost play with it from a scientific perspective of how does this type of music affect people. But the one big thing that he had is he started the Sunday service choir. Fast forward to April and Kanye performs the first public Sunday service at Coachella, uh, which is a concert festival on Easter Sunday. And for the first time, thousands, if not more people got an introduction to what Sunday service was all about. And at the end of that Sunday service, Kanye went on to tell someone in an interview just a few days ago that that was the moment he felt like he needed to be regenerated or 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 born again. In May, Kanye walked into a small Christian congregation in L.A. and met a young pastor by the name of Adam Tyson. And over the next few months, Tyson began teaching Bible studies to Kanye and his family and friends. He began teaching them about salvation, faith, grace, walking in holiness, and separation from the world. Starting in August, Tyson began preaching for 10 to 15 minutes at every Sunday service that was held, whether in L.A. or Wyoming or Detroit. And Pastor Tyson gets the opportunity to stand up after Kanye just made Jesus known and preach about the gospel to thousands that thought they were coming to see a rapper and left hearing about Jesus the King. 
So in 2013, Kanye said he was a god. In 2019, he's saying Jesus is king. How did we get here? Is this something new? Is Christianity new to Kanye West? Well, actually, no. He's been talking about Jesus or or God in some form for years now. In 2004, Kanye dropped his very first album, College Dropout, with two standout Christian-sounding tracks. The first was called I'll Fly Away. second was Jesus Walks. I'll Fly Away is literally just a gospel group singing the old hymn, but Jesus Walks is a catchy while overly explicit song that starts with the line, God, show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. He even goes so far to say that he doesn't think there's anything he can do to right his wrongs and that he doesn't think God will listen because it's been way too long. It's interesting how the song recognizes Kanye's sin, but he doesn't ever resolve it. Interestingly enough, Kanye is redoing this song live at Sunday service with clean, altered lyrics, even going so far now to change words so that he can say, we're trying to turn atheists into believers. But more than that, Kanye has scattered religion throughout many songs on albums throughout the years. On Ultralight Beam from a 2013 song, the song starts with a viral video clip from a little girl praying against the devil and ends with Kirk Franklin leading a choir in typical Kirk Franklin ways. Even in the highly misunderstood album and song Jesus, a combination of his name and Jesus, Kanye says, I am a God, even though I'm a man of God, my whole life in the hand of God, so y'all better quit playing with God. His reference to being a God, not of heaven, but of his craft. So many people took that and thought it was controversial in him saying he was Jesus, when in reality, he, he just doesn't know how to speak what he's actually trying to say. A few years later, he recorded Never Let Me Down with Jay-Z, and it says this among its explicit iterations. My spirit is a part of this. That's why I get spiritual, but I get my hymns from him. So it's not me. It's he that's lyrical. I'm not a miracle. I'm a heaven sent instrument. And on 2018's collaboration album with rapper Kid Cudi, Kanye said this. Lord, shine your light on me. Save me, please. Repeatedly to end out a song. The album was about mental health and the hard times he was having with it. And Kanye has said it recently in a couple of interviews that if it wasn't for his last mental breakdown and a friend getting him into a hospital for help, he would have never picked up a Bible and started reading. In fact, in December 2018, he met his friend Chance the Rapper in Chicago and they went to a church service and began talking about the Bible. And that was what spawned him to go back and start Sunday services in January 2019. So there's a little history about Kanye and about his connection to Christianity in some way. But let's talk about the album Jesus is King and the theology behind it. There's 11 songs on this album and every single song has a reference to scripture, if not specifically saying scripture and Jesus Christ. The album kicks off with Every Hour. It's sung by Kanye's choir from Sunday Service and actually is the only song that doesn't feature Kanye at all. It's a song about needing God every hour, minute, and second, and that we should sing until the power of the Lord comes down. The second song, Selah, the Amen of Psalms and Scripture, Kanye shows us his biblical chops, referencing heaven's gates and Noah and the flood. He talks about Jesus doing the laundry on his life and then references some specific scripture. He starts with John 8:33, which is the response to Jesus after he tells people that the truth will set you free. We shouldn't be in bondage to men, we should be made free. 
And then he references John 8, 36, who the son set free is free indeed. And he says he saved a wretch like me. Later in the song, he refers to a kiss from Judas and a bitter cup that Jesus drank from. I think that one of the hardest things for Kanye to do is to not go over the line of comparing himself to Jesus in a way that people find offensive. When he compares himself to Jesus, he's not trying to say he is Jesus or he's like Jesus. He's trying to say that he connects with Jesus and the struggles that he went through. And I love how he ends out the second verse on this song. He says, everything old shall now become new. The leaves will be green, bearing the fruit. Love God and our neighbor as written in Luke, the army of God, and we are the truth. Song number three on the album is called Follow God and actually starts with an interesting reference back to a song on another album that he had, Father, I Stretch My Hands to You. One of the most interesting lines in this song that he repeats often is, I was screaming at my dad and he told me it ain't Christ-like. There have been many interviews that Kanye has had recently when talking about this album, and he went so far as to tell people working on his album not to have premarital sex, to make sure they were being as Christ-like as possible. And probably my favorite follow-up line to It Ain't Christ-like, he says, but nobody never tell you when you're being like Christ, which honestly, I think is a really good point. How many times do we talk about the things that aren't of God and yet forget to tell people when we recognize God in them? He ends the song with a couple of lines saying, I'm just trying to find I've been looking for a new way. I'm just really trying not to really do the full way. It seems that Kanye really does want to have a new life and a new change to his life. Track number four, Closed on Sunday, probably the corniest song on the album. Literally the entire song is built around the idea that Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. Uh, it's definitely going to be memed like crazy, starting off with closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A. Go so far later to say you're my number one with the lemonade. But it's interesting because he's talking actually like it's he's talking to his family. He says, get your family, hold hands and pray. Get, when you've got daughters, always keep them safe. When you raise your sons, train them in the faith. Through temptations, make sure they're wide awake. Follow Jesus, listen and obey. No more living for the culture. We're nobody's slave. It's so countercultural to positively talk about Chick-fil-A when so much of culture wants to hate them because of their Christian values, so much controversy that's been around the LGBT community and Chick-fil-A. He, he specifically starts off the verse on the song with, I've got to stand up for my home, even if I have to walk this alone. Uh, I bow down to the king upon the throne. My life is his. I'm no longer my own. And if you ever listened to Kanye before, my, he's never ever would, would say that his life is not anything but his own and that he's the one leading it. The fifth song on the album is called On God, and it's, an, and it's an interesting retelling of a common hip hop theme, which is on God, which normally means trust me, believe me, I swear on my life. And really what he's saying is watch what I'm about to do and know that it's on God. He's not saying this is this is Kanye. He's saying that God is using me to do this right off the bat. It's like he's having a conversation with someone who says, how do you get so much favor on your side? And he replies with accept him as your Lord and savior. Kanye just starts a song right off with like, here's the gospel, except Jesus. He references John 8, 12 when Jesus is talking and it says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He says, Jesus, his light shines the brightest in the dark. He goes on to talk about some of the darkness of single moms and, and, and prison, people being in prison. He talks about slavery. 
He talks about racing for celebrity status and and trying to be famous. And standout funny line from this song, though, is when I thought the book of Job was a job. I don't know why that was so funny to me, but I I got a good little kick out of it. He then ends the song in a very non-Christian way, explaining why he sells his Yeezys for so much money because the IRS is trying to get some of his tithe. Look, it's Kanye. You're always going to get just a little bit of Kanye, even when it's Christian Kanye. Track number six on the album is my favorite by far, Everything We Need. An ori- a different version of this song was originally going to be included on his album before this. He ended up scrapping that album completely to release Jesus is King. And this song has, in my opinion, some of the coolest um, references and, and theology, if you will. So I'm actually in the middle of leading a small group at my church right now, and we have been talking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And as we were talking about it, and, and some discussions have come up about whether or not when Eve offered Adam the fruit, if he would have put it down or if he would have said, no, that's not for us. And Kanye references this in that song in a normal Kanye way. What if Eve made apple juice? Are you going to do what Adam do or say, baby, let's put this back on the tree because we've got everything we need. And this to me is Kanye completely understanding the fact that Jesus is everything in his life now. He's trying his best to make it so that Jesus is everything. And if he can do that, if he can make it so that Jesus is everything, he's saying that I don't need this this celebrity. I don't need this this famous. I don't I don't need all of that connected to it. In fact, what's really interesting is the fact that he is married to Kim Kardashian, someone who is very much in the celebrity world as well, and he's almost referencing he's almost connecting Kim to Eve. When he says, are you going to do what Adam do or say, baby, let's put this back up on the tree. I really wonder if he's actually kind of talking to Kim in this situation, because there are actually clips on the Internet you can find from uh, Kim Kardashian's uh, TV show, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, that Kanye is talking about how he used to want her to dress a certain way. He says, I used to want you to dress sexy. And now I don't because I don't want other people looking at it. He said, the way that you dress hurts my soul. The way that you, you look at times, it actually hurts me because of what you're showing other people. She even responds back with, look, I know you're on a journey, but I'm not at the same place as you yet. I really think that Kanye sees that he has those conversations and he's telling Kim, "Uh, look, I know that I could do this and I could follow you, but honestly, I think we have everything we need in Jesus because of those three lines alone. This is, this is my favorite song on the album. And I think that it has such a great message in that if we will truly just rely on Jesus, we can have everything that we need. We don't have to look outward to try to fill the holes that we have. And and Kanye has talked about this in many interviews recently. He talked about, he used to be the guy who pointed people to high fashion. He used to point people to, to Hennessy. You know, he used to point people to all of these different things. And now he's like, look, I just want to point people to Jesus. He goes so far to say, now that I'm in service to Christ, it is my job to share the gospel. And once it was my job to share other things, now it's my job to share the gospel. Song number seven on the album is called Water and is actually an almost not really that religious while it is religious at the same time. Water obviously plays a, a vital role in, in baptism and in other areas through scripture, normally uh, you know, being symbolic of a, a rebirth or of purity. But 
This version of water that Kanye is talking about is a little different. Kanye actually tweeted about what this whole idea of water was months ago, talking about if it was pure, I should be able to talk like water. I should be able to be like water and just flow in this, this rebirth and purification. He also referenced John 4, 13 and 14, which says everyone drinking from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I give him will never get thirsty at all. But the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water bubbling up to impart everlasting life. So when he talks about water in the song, he actually says, let's take the chlorine out of our conversation. Let your light reflect on me, talking about God. I promise I'm not hiding anything. He says, it's just water. We are water. It's pure as water. And then he says, like a newborn daughter, saying, this is truly pure. This is what I'm trying to have is just pure conversations. I'm trying the best that I can to talk about it without chlorine, without the junk in, in the, the vocals, without the junk in the words that we're saying. He wants to truly reflect Jesus to other people. And that's got to be hard for a guy like Kanye. I can't imagine being who he was and what he said in the past and what he's done in the past, being trying to say to the best of my ability, I just want to be pure. I just want to portray this purity that I can to you. I want to be like water. The best part of this song, though, is verse number two. And I'm literally going to read every single line of it because it needs hardly any uh, explanation after that. He just says this, Jesus flow through us. Jesus heal the bruises. Jesus clean the music. Jesus, please use us. Jesus, please help. Jesus, please heal. Jesus, please forgive. Jesus, please reveal. Jesus, give us strength. Jesus, make us well. Jesus, help us live. Jesus, give us wealth. Jesus is our safe. Jesus is our rock. Jesus, give us grace. Jesus, keep us safe. Instead of trying to come up with, with catchy tunes and, and, and just great lyrics. Instead, he just simply almost prays for things that he needs Jesus to do. And, and I think that it's so pure and it is truly meeting the, the idea of this song of being water, of being pure, of being reborn, just saying, Jesus, we can't do this without you. Uh, at one point, um, Adam Tyson, the pastor that's connected to Kanye, he actually tells a story of when Kanye went to him and said, I just don't know if I can even rap anymore. He said, I don't know what to do. I don't know who I've become. I can't rap. I think it's the devil's music. And I love that the pastor responded with, you can't call a genre the devil's music. You can rap for God. It's the words that you're saying is what matters. So just turn it around and rap for God. So interesting enough, someone went out and they did a uh, comparison of all of Kanye's albums and how many times he cussed per song, per album. And his most heavy profanity album has nearly 20 curses per song, while, while some of the others only have four to five. Jesus is King has none outside of, well, one exception, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Song number eight, God Is. God is, is, is just a song of praise and worship to Christ. It starts off at the very beginning of the verse of everything that I felt, praise the Lord, worship Christ was the best of your portions. I know I won't forget all he's done. He is the strength in this race that I run. Tanya even goes so far to take some biblical language as well as language that could really almost be turned into worship lyrics. He says, King of King, Lord of Lords, all the things he has in store from the rich to the poor, all are welcome through the door. You won't ever be the same when you call on Jesus name. Listen to the words that I'm saying, Jesus, save me. Now I'm sane. 
And for someone who has very publicly talked about not being sane all the time, it's amazing that he's connecting his now being sane to the fact that Jesus saved him. This song is also the only song that technically has a curse word, while I think there's actually another explanation for it. Kanye actually hasn't explained it that I've seen yet, but I do think this lyric is referencing something that actually pulls it away from it being profanity and something else entirely. In Galatians 1.8, the Bible says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be accursed. And so in a portion of this song, Kanye says, I know God is alive. He has opened up my vision, giving me a revelation. This ain't about a damn religion. I don't think that Kanye is actually using profanity in this song. He literally has said from the beginning, he's not cursing anymore in his music. I think this is actually referring to Galatians 1.8 when he's talking about religion, that cursed religion that people can get stuck in because it's not the gospel that Jesus brought. He even actually follows it up with the Jesus brought a revolution. All the captives are forgiven. Time to break down all the prisons. Now, I could be misunderstanding that line completely, but I do think that there is plenty of evidence showing that he's referencing the religion from Galatians 1.8. And if I'm wrong, then he's got one song that has a curse word in it. And that's something that we all have to deal with, whether or not that's something that changes how we feel about him. Next up is track number nine, Hands On, featuring Fred Hammond. Fred Hammond actually has the intro refrain over and over, and I, I'm assuming it's actually pulled from a song that Fred sang on, not him actually recording it. It's a little bit jumbled up words, not exactly sure where it came from. Kanye actually starts off his very first verse referencing a song called All of the Lights that he recorded years ago, one of his biggest hits, and instead says, cut out all the lights, he is the light. And this is the track where Kanye really kind of talks at, at his, his haters, if you will, and to some hypocrites. He says, nothing worse than a hypocrite. Change, he ain't really different. He ain't even try to get permission, ask for advice, and then they dissed him. He said, I'm fixing to do a gospel album. What have you been hearing from the Christians? Well, they'll be the first one to judge me. It makes it feel like nobody loves me. And it's almost corny in the way that he says it. But honestly, I think for someone who is, has always been searching for acceptance, and now that he has found Jesus, he truly thinks that he has found the, the, the right life, the life that is fitting for him. I think he actually thought that Christians would open up their arms wide and just let him in. And as we'll talk about at the end of this podcast, they have not. A lot of Christians are not ready for this new Christian Kanye. They are not ready to even give him a chance. And I, and I think that's sad and that's wrong, especially when he recognizes it from the beginning. He knows this is what's going to happen because he's been talking about these Sunday services since January. He's been doing it and people have been having a hard time with it since then. In fact, I have people who are friends and close to me that I have watched as they have hated on the idea of Sunday service. But then as soon as the album came out, they loved the idea of the album. From the beginning, I've been excited at this idea of Sunday services because it showed such a different view inside of Kanye where he seemed to actually be wanting to point to Christ rather than away from him. Near the end of verse one, he actually says, I'm not trying to lead you to visas, but if I try to lead you to Jesus, we get called halfway believers. He's saying, I'm not trying to just get your money out of this. I really am trying to point people to Jesus. And in verse two, he actually references the fact that he knows 
He's made mistakes in the past. He says, I deserve all the criticism you've got. If that's all the love you have, that's all you've got. To sing of change, I know you think I'm joking. To praise his name, you ask what I'm smoking. And I understand your reluctancy, but I have a request. Don't throw me up. Lay your hands on me. Please pray for me. Somebody pray for me. I think when I heard that verse, it was the most sobering part of this entire album was him recognizing his fault, recognizing his sin and saying, I get that you aren't going to love me. I wish that you would. I wish that all the Christians would love me, but they're not going to right away. But he's saying, look, I'm not asking for you to just forget everything I've ever done. But he's saying, I just need prayer. I need you to pray for me. Song number 10 on the album is called Use This Gospel, and it starts off with uh, one note on a piano played over and over. It actually sounds like when you're driving down the road and forgot to put your seatbelt on. This is one of the oddest songs on the album as well. It features an old rap group called Clips and Kenny G. Yeah, the guy who plays the saxophone. The song literally starts with just one key on the keyboard being played over and over with Kanye uh, giving kind of some musical background with his voice. No beats, nothing else. Uh, He has a chorus that he sings talking about in the father we put our faith, king of the kingdom, our demons are trembling, holy angels defending in the father we put our faith. The rappers rap and and really they kind of talk a little bit about repentance and they talk about their life. It's it's not necessarily overly Christian in any way. Uh, then it randomly stops. No music, no nothing, and just a saxophone solo from Kenny G. I mean, it's cool, but it's still just a saxophone solo from Kenny G. Uh, and then the song comes back in with a beat and some of the original uh, backing music, which honestly, I love the ending more than I like the rest of the song completely. I wish they would have just done that music the entire time. This song is probably the least quote unquote Christian, if you call it, just because of the verses. Um, but I think that Kanye's chorus is great talking about use this gospel, use it uh, for for blessing, use it for protection, use it against the demons. Uh, Use it to point people to God and to put our faith in him. The very last song of the album is called Jesus is Lord. It's very short and it's referencing Philippians 2.10. Simply says, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, Jesus is Lord. Now I'm recording this on Sunday, October 27th, and the album came out the Friday before this and when, and so Kanye actually had a Sunday service and he did it live on his website and thousands of people showed up for a Sunday service at like three o'clock in the afternoon. And then you could watch it live on his website. Uh, I, I had a blast watching it actually um, at different times throughout the day and hearing some of these songs, hearing some other gospel songs that he had his group sing together. And they ended it out with this Jesus is Lord song and, and, and pulled it out a little bit longer than this. But the words are so simple. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, Jesus is Lord. They actually had Pastor Adam get up and preach a sermon for roughly 15 to 20 minutes talking about John 3.16, and honestly, the best way I've ever heard John 3.16 preached in my life. I was overly impressed with that. And I'm not here to say that that Kanye is going to see thousands and thousands of people saved, but I love the fact that so many people are going to see maybe their favorite rapper, and instead they're getting to hear about Jesus. And that's something that you've never heard of happening at a rap concert uh, like this in any way, and I think that that is 
that is groundbreaking in the area of, of the people that he is going to be reaching. But so let's talk about it. What does this mean for Christians? What does this mean for how we should respond? Well, first, I think we should be excited. A friend of mine, Tyler Whaley, actually pointed out that every single song from this album is in the top songs on iTunes. Every single one of them is considered in the top 25 bestseller songs right now. That's never happened to any Christian album ever before. And to think that these songs with words talking about Jesus, proclaiming how great he is and pointing people to the gospel are being listened to by millions and millions of people shows that shows that that Kanye and and his calling of what he thinks it is is actually being accomplished. He is reaching millions of people proclaiming Jesus Christ. More than that, check out Philippians 1.18, and here's the amplified translation. What then does it matter, so long as in every way, whether in pretense for self-promotion or in all honesty to spread the truth, Christ is being preached, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. Look, That basically sums up exactly who Kanye is. Either it's for self-promotion or it's in all honesty to spread the truth. But regardless, Christ is being preached. God is being glorified in this. And it is amazing to see the amount of people who are being pointed to Christ because of these songs by this normally incredibly vulgar rapper who has turned it around and said, you know what? I want to give my life to Christ. And and sure, it's rough around the edges. It's incredibly rough around the edges. How do you respond to someone who who is very new to Christianity and new to actually trying to give his life to Christ? And he's trying to make an album in the middle of it. As I told someone recently, it's crazy to watch a public conversion process happen in real time. But that's what we're getting out of this album and out of Kanye. Someone who is so vocal and so outspoken, doing hours of long interviews with people talking about this very thing and trying to step away. I'll be honest. I loved it. I listened to one interview where he dropped the F-bomb and he immediately stopped and was like, "Uh oh, my Christian scorecard just went down. Like he was like, man, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Someone who usually curses 20 times in every single song was able to stop and recognize when he shouldn't have been cursing. And in two hours of interview, that was the one time he cursed. That one word was the only time that he cursed. And it was so impressive to me that he recognized it and showed that he was trying to change. It was not just a front. It was not just something that that uh, he was able to do just so that he could uh, promote an album and then he's going to go back to doing something else. No, I, I, I actually think that in this case, Kanye is trying to change. And and maybe it's just that I hope it more than anything. But I think that we as Christians, regardless of if it is for self-promotion or it is in all honesty to spread the truth, that we should support it and that we should help even promote it in some way because it truly is going to reach more people than we would ever have the chance to. My buddy George tweeted this, y'all have been struggling to figure out how to talk about Jesus to your secular friends. Here's your chance, your chance to direct them But no, you'd rather show them how you already treat new converts and prodigals. George picked up on the same thing that I did all over Facebook before people even listened to it, before people even had a chance to to judge it from a biblical perspective or a theological perspective. They were hating on the idea just because of who Kanye was, as if Kanye's sins are greater than ours, as if God doesn't forgive people like Kanye just like he did forgive us, as if God didn't die on a cross for people like Kanye just like he did die on the cross for us. You know what? Here. 
I'll just let Kanye explain it for himself. Let's not be concerned with the opinions of men at all. Only the opinion of God. Let's not be concerned with the validation of men at all. Only of God. To hold each other accountable. I know we say, oh, this is the culture. That's the culture. To be radically in service to Christ is the only culture that I want to know about. So, yeah, he might be rough around the edges. He might still be Kanye, but he's trying to be Christian Kanye. And I'm here for it. That's Clickbait Church, hosted by me, Chris Prince. I hope you're enjoying my little experiment. You can follow or subscribe to Clickbait Church on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or any other app that you use to get notified of every new episode. Check out clickbaitchurch.com for a list of your favorite podcast sources. This episode was written and produced by me. The theme music comes from Andrew Applebye. Thanks for listening. See you soon.